Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. All right, y'all ready? <laughs> y'all ready? Okay, let me give you guys some stuff. Let's do a little recapitulation. Last week, I talked about the difference between became and becoming. Became and becoming. I, I shared this with you that we're considered human beings, right? Human beings. But we're more so humans becoming. Right? Why? Because of John chapter 1, verse 12. Let's go there in your Bible. We're going to go there very quickly here. John chapter 1, verse 12. I'm going to go ahead and read it while you turn there. It says this. But as many as received him, to them gave he power, gave he the right to become. Somebody said to become. So God is giving you something to become something else. You haven't arrived yet. He's giving you the right He's given you the power is the Greek word exosia. So he's given you the right, the power, the authority, the jurisdiction to become something else other than what you already are. Amen, somebody. So you became, but now you're becoming. All right, let me let me give you this right here. So 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 you can capture this. We became his son at the new birth. We are becoming more like him as a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit and his word. So in other words, the moment you got saved, you were filled with the spirit of the son. You became a son. But we still have to become more like the son by the power of the Holy Ghost and his word. Why? Because now Apostle Paul says, I have to work out my salvation, not work for my salvation. Working out my salvation means now I got to put my faith to work. So when you put your faith to work, you're becoming more and more like the son. Jesus came for one reason. He came to reveal his father to the earth. That's what he came for. He was a revealer of the father. And at the same time, he came to redeem us. But the first reason he came is to reveal his father. That's why when the disciples said, show us the father, he said, listen, if you have seen me, you have already seen the father. Because I don't act outside of anything that I see the Father doing. When he was baptized, the Bible said that he was an open heaven him, over him. So he can look up and the Father spoke. The Holy Spirit ascended on him like a dove. And there was the Son, all three, the Trinity right there together. He was under an open heaven and the heavens never closed on him. That's why when he looked up, he said, everything I see the Father doing, that's what I do. Listen, guys. Jesus is our ultimate example because he is the visible expression of the invisible God. When you look at Jesus, you look it in the face of God. He said, when you see me, you've seen the Father, guys. And if we are in Jesus, when people see us, they should see Papa. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. So we shouldn't be looking like the world, acting like the world, talking like the world. We're supposed to be looking like our Father. Okay, I got, I got one good amen and... Got a couple of head nods, and I guess that means I can I can go on. Okay, okay, okay. So 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 check this out. So change is necessary for maturation. My people are destroyed because they don't want to change. Basically, that's what this is saying, guys. Because when you receive knowledge. Another translation said the people without a revelation from God, the people cast off restraints. 
without a revelation from God. Not a revelation from culture, not a revelation from government, not a revelation from anybody else, but a revelation from God, the people cast off restraints. And see, when you, when you don't have a revelation from God, there is no change. You got to have a revelation for God from God to change. If you don't hear something from the Father, if you don't hear something from a message or from somebody, and if you don't know that's the power of God talking to you, you will never change. Without that revelation, there will be no change. This is why people don't want to read the Word. Because the Word is not a photograph. You can look at a photograph and you can see all of the imperfections in other people. But the Word is a mirror because it shows you your imperfections. That's why when you look at it, it starts looking back at you and you go, oh, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually came to this for my coworker. <laughs> no, the Lord is saying, oh, no, no, I got some imperfections I need to pull out of you first. You got to pull that plank out of your own eye so that. Wow. See, we're not judgmental in the house of God, but I'm not weak either. We're not judgmental, but I'm going to stand on the truth. Right. And you got to remember, there is a difference between condemnation and conviction. I preach so you can get convicted. I don't preach so you can get condemned. But conviction might feel like condemnation if you refuse to change. I ain't going to that church because they always judging me. No, we ain't judging you, bro. We're pointing out some issues in your life. No, no. God never told us we can judge people in the world. Notice what I just said. He never said we can judge people in the world. But the moment you step foot in the house of God and you say you are a Christian, then the Bible commands us to judge. Why? Because now you are part of the family. And if you are not lining up, it is our job to make sure that we pull out the plumb line. And if you don't line up with the plumb line, then we have a right to tell you. The plumb line is the word of God. The plumb line lets you know if something is straight or not. Is this making sense at all, guys? Man, oh, man, I tell you, I love his word. I love his word because I got to have more knowledge. I got to have more revelation from God. See, we became a male by gender. Notice the difference between became and becoming. We became a male by gender. We become a man by development. That's why you have 50-year-old men still acting like they're 17. Because they never left mama. Now, I'm going to call it like I said, y'all know, I teach men all the time, and I don't care how burly they look, they don't scare me. You got to get away from your mama, guys. You can't let your mama run your household. And your wife already mad at you anyway. Already mad. You can't let your mama run your house. You keep your mama and your dad out of your house. I said you keep your mama and your daddy out of your house. Ladies, your daddy can't run your house. You left your daddy when you got married. Otherwise, you should have stayed single. See, a lot of times people want to get married. They don't even know what marriage is. Right? The Bible says a man that finds a wife, not a girlfriend or my Friday night creep. The man that finds a wife. So, ladies, you got to be a wife before he can find you. 
Amen, somebody. So if you're not acting like a wife, then why should you get a husband? See, see, you see this kind of talk, this kind of talk right here? This kind of talk get preachers in trouble. You stay, stay right there. James said, I can stay right there, so I'm going to stay right there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, right. So, marriage is not easy. No, it's not. We got going on 25 years in this thing. It's not easy to stay married. You just take a, somebody said it. Who said that? It's work. Amen. It's work. It's work. Let me, let me tell you why I believe the Holy Spirit has me bringing up marriage. Because just like it's work to stay married to my bride, it is work to stay married to, the, yes, to him. He is, he's my husband. This is the only time I can say that a man is my husband. He's my husband. So listen, listen to me very carefully. The way he treats me when I mess up is the way I should treat her when she messes up. Ephesians 5 is not a mandate for men to think that women are supposed to be submitted to them. Unless they are submitted to God. Let me just, let me go ahead and clear this thing up. Brother, if you're not submitted to God, that scripture don't belong to you. Stop quoting it. I just set you free. Just go ahead and do what you want to do, but stop quoting the Bible because you don't know it. No, you're supposed to be submitted to Christ. So you'll know how he treats you when you mess up. So you'll know how to treat her. Apostle Paul said this is the only example he can find in the earth is a marriage between one man and one woman. He said, I'm talking about the church, though. Ephesians 5, go read it. He's not even really talking about marriage. He's talking about the marriage. The only example he can find in the earth was this marriage. And if we don't know how to be married to him, stop quoting that scripture. It don't belong to you. Somebody say, don't belong to you. No, no, I'm taking that back. I'm taking it back. You can't have that. Right. But then it goes a little deeper and say we're supposed to be submitted one to another. If you want to read the whole word in totality, we're supposed to be submitted one to another. And let me can I take you a little bit deeper? It actually says that my body don't even belong to me. It belongs to her. Her body belongs to me. So if some woman wants to come to me, I have to tell them, you got to go ask my wife. (laughs) If my wife is all right with it and once she finished dragging you across this room. (laughs) Then praise the Lord. We'll pray for you and. Pat you up, take you to the hospital. Won't he do it? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, women, you became, a, you became a female because of gender. You become a woman through development. Is this making sense, guys? So development is important for maturation. It's important as we grow up in the house of God. That's why I told you about milk, sincere milk, right? We talked about that, meat, strong meat, spiritual meat, babes, children, young men, men, fathers, no faith, little faith, great faith, strong faith, the God kind of faith. So you're always developing. You never arrived. We are always developing. Is this making sense? So let's get to the foundation here. Let's go right into, uh, oh, boy, before I... Yeah, I don't want to go there yet. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. All right. Let's go to Hebrews 5.11. Let's go back here. Hebrews 5.11. Let's look at the scripture there before I take you to 1 Peter. Hebrews 5.11 says this. 
of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. See, it is interesting that these believers, uh, you notice the word here in, in 511 is interesting. It says, you have become dull of hearing. Did, did you see that? That's what stopped me in my tracks. The word of God is interesting because uh, they, they don't put fillers in the word just to put stuff in there. It's significant when you read the word. He said, you have become dull of hearing. What that tells me, saints, is at one point, you were not. They had become dull of hearing. Dull of hearing means you don't want to hear the truth anymore, right? You hear what I'm saying here? Because of something, right? Um, you rather would rather be in strife or you would rather be envious. Here's some of the things that would cause you to be dull of hearing. You might have a religious spirit. When I say religious spirit, that means that you have your traditions over the commands of God. Right now, I'm not saying that traditions are wrong. So please hear my heart in this. Traditionalism is what causes us to go in the wrong direction. Traditions are good. It's just that sometimes traditions have morphed into traditionalism, which people will put that above the commands of God, if that's making sense at all. Right. So just saying that tradition is wrong, that is not right, because some traditions are good. You need to maintain some traditions, but you don't allow those traditions to go before the commands of God. Amen. Let's, I want to make sure that we uh, keep a good balance here. Um, and so when, when, when we begin to, to, to look at the word of God, we got to make sure that we maintain balance as we are maturing into the things of the Lord. Because here's what can take place. You, you might learn a revelation, but then you get haughty about it. Or, or you allow that revelation to make you think you're better than somebody else. That, that can cause you to be dull of hearing. Because how, why would God speak to you again? Because you can't even handle the last revelation he gave you. Right? And then you have to pray about it. Why did he give you that revelation? Did he give it to you for you or did he give it to you for somebody else? And if he gave it to you for somebody else, when do you tell them? Do you tell them now or do you tell them later? You just can't get a revelation from God and then just move out on it. You're going to have to get more revelation from him and say, okay, now, Father, what do I do with this? Okay, you gave this to me. It's wonderful. Is this just for me? Or should I give it to somebody? When should I speak this? Should I, well, first thing you should do is go to the Word. Any revelation, you should go to the Word. God, what are you saying about this revelation? What does the Bible say about it? So when I go to the Word, I'm going to ask you more of the text because the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And you got to start asking questions of the text so the text can start talking to you. And if you don't talk to the text, the text won't talk back. See, you got to fall in love with the word, man. I'm telling you, I'm in love with the word of God. When I start talking to the word, the word starts talking to me. And a lot of times, okay, let me, I set y'all up, I'm sorry. But a lot of times when he starts talking, he's talking about change in me. <laughs> okay, I just thought I'd just go ahead and warn you. So they had become, these were believers who were on the right track, right? This is why this is so important, guys, because you can be on the right track at a, t at a point in your life and you can get off, right? Let me tell you, one way you can get off is false prophets. This is why you got to understand when real prophets are humble. 
That's the first thing I look at. Real prophets are humble. False prophets, you can't tell them anything. You can't tell them anything. Real prophets are submitted to the authority of the house. False prophets, you can't tell them anything. That's why a lot of false prophets are not here anymore. Because the moment you say, no, you're not going to give that word. Well, I believe it's the word of the Lord. But I also believe that the Lord called me to be the shepherd of this house and not you. So unless you, unless you are here under the authority of the house, I don't even want to hear a word from you. Because that word is not for me. By the way, I'm not looking for a word from you. Right? And you know what I'm doing? I'm testing them to see where their heart is. Because if they don't come back, they're false prophets. All they want to do is go and prophesy to a church and prophesy to a church. But they don't even understand that I got to have a relationship first. I don't care what you know in ministry. I don't care how many people you preach to. You think I care about that? And dropping names. I don't care you dropping names. Care nothing about the only name you need to drop is Jesus. <laughs> That's a name greater than any name. Amen. Amen. You ain't dropping Jesus. I, I, I don't even want to talk to you. Amen. You see, so this is how you can tell, guys. This is how you can tell. See, I don't, I don't go into a place as the apostle. No, I go into a place, I'm John Lofton. You'll know the apostolic when you see it. If you don't recognize the apostolic, I'm not walking in it. I don't have to prove to anybody to call the fivefold ministry gifts were given by Jesus Christ. They're his gifts, they're not mine. He will prove to you what the gift is. I'm kind of jumping ahead. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on, but I felt like it was so appropriate to talk to you about these kinds of things because unless you are humble, don't even worry about getting the revelation. He gives grace to the and he resists. Revelations don't come without humility because you ain't going to even know what to do with it. You're going to go hurt somebody. But let me tell you, God said, and then you're going to go hurt somebody. See, they, they were on the right track. They became dull of hearing. Believers must take personal responsibility for their maturation and knowledge. Somebody said, I take responsibility. The onus is on you and on me, right? You have to take responsibility for your growth. Now, you need to check me on what I'm preaching. You have the authority to check any preacher, any bishop. You need to have a spirit of the Bereans. When Paul preached, the Bereans were like, oh, yeah, okay. All right, Paul. All right. Okay. Yeah. You say, what? what? Okay. Yeah. All right. The Bereans checked Paul. As Christians, you're supposed to be checking the word that I'm preaching. But if you're not in the word, you don't even know if the word that you're hearing is right or not. You're just going along repeating what somebody else said. You become a mockingbird. You're just repeating what you heard. Don't even know if it's scripture or not. You don't even understand if that's relevant or not. You don't even know if that's good sound doctrine or not because, because Jake said it or somebody else said it. Now, I'm not knocking T.D. Jakes, but I'm just saying you just can't go repeating stuff. You better check that thing by the word of God. Right? You, 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 that's your responsibility, saints. You got to check me on this stuff. And listen, if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to apologize. I've stood up in this pulpit several times and apologized to you. Why? I don't get it all right. 
I'm not Superman. I'm Clark Kent with glasses. <laughs> you shoot me, I bleed. Right? And so, with a bald head, I heard you. I heard. <laughs> That's because I've been flying so fast. <laughs> I'll get you when we get home. <laughs> All right, let's look at this. <laughs> it's long. No, wait a minute. No, I don't want to go there yet. Back up. Okay, 1 Peter 2, 1 and 3. I gave it to you in the Amplified Bible because I wanted, I wanted to pull out some other words. 1 Peter 2, 1 to 3 says this. Uh, so be done. That's the same words, therefore. So be done with every trace of wickedness. Be done with it. Every trace of wickedness, guys. Listen, we can't mature unless we deal with this stuff here. You you, you can't be a wicked person and go to church and think that God is going to give you something honorable. You can't think that you're going to carry something holy, but you acting so unholy. You can't give birth to something unless you know who your daddy is. Because there's two fathers. It's the father of lies and the father in heaven. One of them is infiltrating you with the seed. Whatever seed you're taking in, that's what you're going to give birth to. So you need to know who your baby's daddy is. Because if you're listening to secular music and you're listening to secular words and you're listening to secular people, that's what you're giving birth to. That's why the Bible says you got to guard your heart. You got to guard your ears and guard your eyes. You can't just be looking at stuff. You can't be watching stuff on the Internet and social media and movies and think that somehow you're going to be holy. Now, listen, again, I'm not trying to tell you what to do and what not to do, but I do preach holiness in here because that's one thing they stop preaching on is holiness. But I'm telling you one thing. You will never have the presence of God without holiness. You can't even get close to him without holiness. Yeah, we got to get back to the fundamentals of what the Bible really preaches is holiness and righteousness. There is right and there is wrong. <laughs> there is no gray with God. And so we're going to stand right on that. Amen. So I'm trying to tell you, here are things that I'm not saying that you're, you're dealing with these things or you're in these things. I'm just saying you need to recognize these things. So if it ever comes to you, you know how to rebuke it. Right. So he's talking about depravity or uh, malignity in your life and all deceit and insincerity. We are supposed to be the most sincere people. Ever. You you should not be trying to do the sleight of hand on anybody. Oh, I'm going to talk like this while I'm around you. But actually, I'm going to act like this when you're not around. You know what that is? You posing. Oh, no. Are you fake? That's a poser, right? And so you come to church and you hop, ba, ta, ta, ba, 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 ba. But then on your job, you're cussing folks out. Don't you know everybody recognize that? You know who recognize it before anybody in the church? The people in the world. They know you faking. They know you don't know God. You know it's bad when, when unsanctified people tell you you don't know God. You know that's bad. You know you don't know God. <laughs> but when you do know God, when people in the world look at you, they go, now nah, that's God. They don't even know God, but they know God in your life. Right? When people that don't know him, they come to you because they think that you got some, <laughs> they think that you got some secure line, like, you, you, like he's, a wireless, he's a wireless God, right? And so they, they're not connected. <laughs> and so they're on Sprint. And so we, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my bad, 
Oh, my bad. That was bad. That wasn't even right. Josh going to get me for sure. Amen. They're on cricket. Okay, let me do that one, baby. They're on cricket, and they can't get anything through, so you're on the, the fastest network, so they come to you to think that you can get a prayer through. So they don't really know God, but they know the God in you. So this is what they would do. They would come to you. They won't even say prayer. They would say, listen, would you just keep my family member in your thoughts? You know what they're saying? I see God in you. They don't know what to say, guys. And then you don't go get spiritual on them. You just say, yes, I will. What are their names? What am I, what am I keeping in my thoughts? I write that thing down, and I rebuke the devil off of them. Amen. This happens, guys. It just happened to me. I had someone to come to me. They are on a real high level on my job. And they, we were in a meeting, and he said, listen, I just got something I just need to share with you. And I said, yeah, what is it? Let me close the door. What is it? And he said, I, I, my niece has been diagnosed with this, this certain kind of brain cancer. Mm-hmm. Right? And you can just tell it was heavy um, on his heart. Right? And I said, well, well, tell me all about it. So he told me all about it. He said, I just want to know if you would keep her in your thoughts and prayers. I said, absolutely. I said, what's her name? Man, I began to call out that girl's name when I would go to work. Da, 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 da. Uh, last week, he came to me. He said, hey, I got something to share with you. I said, what's up? He said, my niece, they did the surgery. They thought they couldn't get all the cancer, but they got it all. He said, man, thank you. Because I know when I told you about this, that you definitely kept her in your thoughts. And I said, to God be the glory. Amen. And you didn't, you know what I told him? I said, well, I'm just going to also keep her in my thoughts for a speedy recovery. Right? Saints, listen, listen. You don't have to prove that you're a Christian. You just have to be one. That's it, guys. Amen. All right. So I got to, man, I'm way past my time, I think. I ain't never been in church like that. Most folks say, man, my belly. They got the God of belly. So, okay. <laughs> okay, let, let, me, let, me, let me finish reading the rest of this, okay? And, um, okay, so I'm going to finish reading the rest of this, and then I'm going to speed it up so we can get you out of here. Amen? So he's talking about pretense, hypocrisy, grudges, envy, jealousy, slander, evil speaking of every kind. You know, you shouldn't be speaking evil about your brother and your sister. They don't have to agree with you. And who's to say you know it all anyway? It's not my job to make you agree with me. It's my job to teach the truth. Amen. Like newborn babies, you should crave, thirst for, earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated, unadulterated, unadulterated spiritual milk. That by it, listen to this, that by it you may be nurtured and grow unto salvation. This is salvation talk. You became saved the moment you received him. He's saying you shouldn't have any of this in your life, even as salvation. So why we still got it in our lives? This is what's keeping us immature. Are you seeing this with me, saints? He's talking about salvation here. He's not talking about mature Christians. 
He said, even at salvation, you shouldn't have all this stuff. You should be rebuked right now. I, oh, man, I've been, I, oh, man, I've been a hypocrite. Okay, all right. All right, y'all want me to move on? See, y'all told me to keep going, but I tried to stop. So Hebrews 6 and 1 says, therefore, leaving. Somebody said leaving. <laughs> We're supposed to be leaving these things, but Paul couldn't do it. He had to go back to the fundamental teachings about the Christ. Let us press on to maturity. So look at this right here. These are called elementary doctrines because they form the substantial root for a foundational education in the scriptures. Just as a person starts life as a small child and progresses through distinct stages to a mature adult, uh, to a mature adult capable of functioning in society, a son of God begins as one who is newly born again and progresses to being able to represent the interests of God, the Father, and his kingdom. That's why these are called fundamental. We're supposed to get these things, guys. The, the, this is supposed to be fundamental to us. So let me, let me speed up here. So let us go on to maturity. What's the first one? Repentance from dead works. Now, now let me just go into this very quickly here. Repent. Repent. Y'all remember what, how you pronounce that? We did it last Sunday. Metanoel. Metanoel. So this is what it means. It's two parts, meta and noel. The first part, meta, is a prefix that means movement or change. Right? The second part, noel, it refers to the disposition of your inner self, your default settings. Remember I talked about your default settings, Right? So let me, let me just break it down. Let me sum it up. Repentance means to change your disposition towards life and reality to have a transformed default setting about what's important. So in other words, saints of God, before the fall, somebody say before the fall. Before the fall, the default setting was to God. There was nothing else but to go to God. That was their default. Their will, their soul, everything went to God. Everything, their default was always on God. If they needed an understanding, they went to God. Why? Because even when they walked, they walked in the spirit of God in the ruach of the day, in the cool of the day, in the spirit of the day. They were in the spirit walking together. You can't walk with God in the spirit unless you connect it with God. How can two be together unless they agree? So they were walking in agreement because their default setting was always to God always to God. That was their default. However, when they ate of the, the forbidden fruit, they say it was an apple. I, I don't know what it was. I don't believe it was an apple. I believe it was a fig because they put on fig leaves. Now, you, you can't take a picture and think they ate an apple when somebody painted a picture almost 1,400 years later. So, so it was a fruit. It was something that was forbidden. That's all you need to know. Right? Eve ate it. Why? Because a serpent beguiled her. He said, you shall be like God. You know what he was trying to do? Change the default setting. Uh-huh. So he was trying to change the default setting. He said, you shall be like God. They were already like God. They was already in the imago day of God, the image of God. They were already like God without trying. They didn't have to try to be like God. They were already like God. Right. So the serpent said, you know what? You know, you, 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 you eat this right here. Did God really say that? Did he really say that marriage is supposed to be between one man and one woman? Did God really? Wait a minute. Surely we need to change. Times have changed now. Things have progressed. Right. The Bible needs to change. But I read over there in Malachi. God said, I change not. 
So if God is not going to change, guess who need to do the changing? That's what I thought. So, so the enemy, just like in Genesis, is doing the same thing today. Did God really say? He's coming against the scriptures. Because if you don't have a God said in your life, then the devil will say something else and your default will be on him. Did God really say? She should have said, yes, he said it. Get out of my house. She didn't do that. She thought she can get something other than what she really needed. And that's what's wrong with the world. They think that they can get something that they think they need when they don't know what they need. He said, you shall be like God. And so she ate it and then came with her husband who was with her. The brother sat there and listened the whole time. Punked out in his own house. When he should have said, stop talking to my wife. Fellas, let me tell you something. You got the authority in your house. You can rebuke devils in your house. If there's somebody talking to your wife, you can rebuke those jokers. No, you don't talk to my wife. You don't talk to her like that. It might be some family members. No, you ain't going to talk to my wife like that. You crazy? No, she's my wife. She ain't yours. That's why you can't talk to my wife any kind of way. She ain't your wife. She's my wife. And that's why I roll up on you. I'm like, you just said what to my wife? Fine. I'm her protector. I got her back. I'm going to fight for her. You better read the book of Nehemiah. He said, fight for your homes, fight for your wives, fight for your sons and your daughters. That's why he put a trial in one hand and a sword in the other so we can build and battle all at the same time. So y'all taking me off my little Bible study. So <laughs> y'all stop asking me those questions. So he gave to Adam who ate. And you know what it said? Then the eyes of them both were open. Listen to the words, and they knew of their nakedness. Right? Then they looked at each other being ashamed rather than being naked and not afraid. Why? The default setting changed. Now it's the God of flesh. When you repent, it changes your default back to God. That's why there is no salvation unless you change the default. And if you don't teach people about true repentance, then they will never know about true salvation. You can't go down. Let me tell you something, saints. I don't care how often you go down to an altar and say the sinner's prayer. You are not saved. You can confess with your mouth all you want. Until you repent. You're not saved, saints. This, this is called good doctrine. I'm teaching you good sound doctrine, guys. And now you're trying to figure out, well, they say they're Christian, but they don't act like one because they said a prayer. They never really repented. And regret is not repentance either. You're just sorry you got caught. Is, is this making sense, guys? I, I'm not trying to preach. I'm just trying to talk to you. Right? Because these are the fundamental elementary things that we should already know. Right. And, and then it said repentance from dead works. Let me, let me just go a little bit deeper so I can pray for y'all and go home. There must be a change of thinking that leads to a change of heart that ultimately, ultimately leads to a change of behavior. If, if you don't change this brain, if you don't read that word, 
so the word can transform this mind. If you don't change that thinking, this is not going to change. This right here controls this. You can't guard your heart until you put more stuff up in here. That's why the Bible says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your The word transform is the word metamorpho, where we get the word metamorphosis in English. It means to change, right? And so unless this thinking change, the heart won't change. If your heart is not changing, then your behavior is still going to be the same. So you're trying to figure out, why am I still acting like this? Well, you never changed this. Well, I prayed. (laughs) I've been praying and praying and praying. Well, you need to stop praying and start getting in the word. You got to get into that word so that word can get into you. Once it get into your mind, then it gets into your heart, and then you change. Amen, somebody. <laughs> Romans 8 and 5 says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds where? On that default setting. When you're living by the flesh, your default is the flesh. So your mind is always going to go on the things of the flesh. And you're trying to determine, well, why am I still depressed? Why am I still acting like this? Why am I still, why, why, why? It's because you haven't changed this yet. Your default is always going to flesh, fear, failure, timidity. Those are all fleshly things. Those are all things that the devil want to give you. Those are his seeds. So then he has to be your daddy. Somebody said, no, I rebuke that. No, no, no. My, I know who my daddy is. See, that's what Jesus told him. I know, Jesus told him, I know who your daddy is. <laughs> See, you got to watch Jesus' tone because they actually called, they called Jesus a bastard. They said you, we, we weren't born of fornication. They called Jesus an illegitimate. You know what that word is. That's a master, right? They, they were like, they were cussing Jesus. And Jesus said, oh, okay, you're going to call me that. So I know who your daddy is. Mm-hmm. Yo, yo, yeah, you are just like your daddy. <laughs> Let me tell you why I know you like your daddy, because you don't look nothing like my daddy. He said, your daddy is the father of lies, and you do exactly like your daddy. Look at your neighbor and say, who is your daddy? Who your daddy? Who your daddy? Who your daddy? You get on, get on. Who your daddy is? Don't, don't get correct. Get ghetto. Who your daddy is. Amen. So listen, listen. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, for to be carnally, that's for Christians. Only Christians can be carnal. If you are unregenerate, there's no way for you to be carnal because you never got saved. Somebody say he's talking about Christians. To be carnally minded But to be spiritually minded, that's the default. I don't know about you, but I want this default. This is why I have to stay in the word of God. This is why I have to know the fundamentals. Let's go a little bit deeper. The soul's mind, will, and heart were awakened. Adam and Mrs. Adam. Why do I call her Mrs. Adam? Because that's what God called her Adam. She didn't get Eve until after the fall. Adam named her Eve after the fall. Before the fall, she had a name. Genesis chapter 5 tells us her name was Adam. That's why I call them. They had one name. 
Adam and Mrs. Adam's view of reality was immediately affected because now it caused them to trust in their soulish eyes. The default changed. Which no longer saw themselves as spirit beings clothed in flesh, naked and not ashamed, but only fleshly beings with a spirit uncovered and vulnerable. That's why they hid. Right? They hid because now they knew of their nakedness and they became ashamed because now they were exposed. The default setting changed. Can I get a good amen on that? Acts that lead to death are acts that separate us from a, separates a person from God, right? So let, let me, I'm wrapping this thing up now, okay? So acts that leads to death, acts that leads to death. So acts that lead to death, let me just give you a few of these and then we're going to pray, okay? Here are acts that leads to death. Religion. You can have a religious spirit. And that can lead you to death. A religious spirit will sometimes cause you to have an elitism about yourself. You are a spiritual elite. Right? That means you're above the people. Right? And if you are above the people, then somehow they are subservient to you. Right? Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.